Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. This is a fun season and so many exciting and cool things that, that you do in this time of year that don't happen in other times of year. And yet, isn't there truth that part of the fun and the joy that comes at Christmas is there's always like an underlying level of chaos that's just about to erupt. Isn't that true? It's like it just seems to be the case. Every year, almost every year, we get a story like this. The, the most recent is there's a church in Brisbane, Australia, that does a live nativity. They kind of host that throughout the month of December. They have the live animals. They go all out. It's a big deal. And just this past week, three of the camels escaped. They just got out. I'm like, don't, don't we hear a story like this every year? Last year, I think it was a cow. There's always some story. A couple of years ago, it was a camel walking down the aisle in some big church, and the camel just fell over right in the middle of the thing. This happens all the time. Happened again this year. These three camels just escaped, people freaking out. Can you imagine being the, the dude at the church that's in charge of the camels? They don't have a paid camel keeper. It's just some guy who went to rentacamel.com and he walked, you know, it's like, they're gone, the camels are gone. People freaked out, you know, they're driving around looking for them. They eventually found them only about a quarter of a mile away. They were hungry. And when you're a camel, you look for a place with a lot of grass and the local cemetery provided that. <laughs> but this always happens, right? What's the camel on the loose in your Christmas? Like, where is it that you have something kind of crazy, some kind of little predicament that you're kind of walking through. Because we look at it and we go, it seems like something crazy always happens at Christmas. And let me just be honest with you, that's not a new invention in the 20th or the 21st century. I think that's been the story from day one, that the unexpected, kind of the crazy, the, these predicaments pop up in the Christmas story. What we're gonna do today, we're gonna start in Luke chapter one, verse 28, and we're gonna walk through the story of Mary and how she found out she would be the mother of the Lord. Luke chapter one, verse 28, let's go ahead and take a look. In the sixth month, what, what does that designate? The sixth month is the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. If you read the story before this or after Mary's story in Luke chapter one, it's about Elizabeth and Zechariah, their child who will be John the Baptist, and this is kind of marking it in time. So in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, logical question, Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the most high will overshadow you, and therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Go ahead and read that part with me. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, 
I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Pretend you've never heard that story before. (laughs) What's your response? Wow. (laughs) Or maybe even more, what just happened? (laughs) Like, have you ever had one of those moments? One of those what just happened moments where somebody just kind of comes into your life real quick, drops something on you, and then they disappear? And when they walk away, you go, what just happened? I remember when I was the kid's pastor, and Doug Clay, who many of you know, and he's been with us just recently, he, he, he was our lead pastor here, and he would come in my office, and he would have a certain look on his face. And he'd walk in, and he'd, my last name's Gilligan, so if you've ever seen the show Gilligan's Island, he'd walk in and go, hey, little buddy, is what he'd call me. And if he ever said these words, hey, little buddy, I need you to help me with something that was never good. I need you to help me with something meant I'm about to ruin your life. And I remember one time he walked in, he goes, hey, I can still see him walking in there. Hey, little buddy, can you help me with something? And he came in and dropped a project on my desk. He said, this should only take just just for a few months. I just need you just for a few months. It was years before it was done. And I remember he walked out of my office and I thought to myself, what just happened? <laughs> like, I, I think something's really just changed because of what he just asked me to do. You ever had that happen? Your, your boss sends an email and you go, what is this gonna mean? Or you get a phone call from a family member and you realize that because of what just happened, things will never be the same. Sometimes it's a blessing, sometimes it's a loss. It might be something traumatic where you just step back and go, what just happened? Can you think of this for Mary? That all of a sudden an angel shows up, weird enough, and drops this crazy news that she's trying to understand. And then look at what it says in the NIV, Luke chapter one, verse 38 in the New International Version. Mary says, I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be to me, uh, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her and he left her. And she's sitting there saying to herself, what, what just happened? And when I read this, it, it just kind of hit me in kind of a fresh way. I, I knew this was where God wanted us to look at this week. But when I read this, I thought he left her. <laughs> but what did he leave her with? Because when the angel Gabriel walked out of that, I don't know that he walked out, he angeled out of that room, right? When he angeled out of the room, what did he leave her with? He's gone but her news that she just got from him, it's still there. I'd venture to just propose two things today that the angel left her with. One, Gabriel left Mary with a predicament. <laughs> he left her with a predicament. What's a predicament? The definition is that a predicament is a difficult, unpleasant, or embarrassing situation. I didn't wanna use the word problem because I didn't feel good about calling Jesus a problem, amen? <laughs> I don't like lightning. But I think she had a predicament. Just think about the situation that she's in. She's young. Many scholars believe she's probably in her mid, if not early teens. That was a typical age for someone to be betrothed in that day and time. She's young. She's engaged, but she's not yet married, and now she's pregnant. You heard her ask the question herself, how how can this be? 
Like, I know that this is physically not possible. What's gonna happen next, if you overlay the stories from Matthew and Luke together, you know that at some point, her, her husband-to-be, Joseph, is gonna go, this doesn't make sense, because if you're pregnant and I'm not part of that, then I think maybe I need to divorce you, so that's happening in his mind. Eventually, they have to take a road trip, him and his pregnant wife, to Bethlehem from Nazareth, which is no small stretch. They've got all these things happening, and what's interesting is what Mary has on her hands here is actually quite a predicament. Here's something else we don't think about. When the angel shows up and says, this son that's in your womb is going to be a king, and he's gonna change everything, and he's gonna rule, and he's gonna be in charge, and he's going to be the Messiah. Those weren't just spiritual terms like they are to us. Those were revolutionary terms. That was, your son's gonna be the one who is gonna kick out the foreign oppressors and lead us to peace. That's how they took it to mean. So it wasn't just Mary, God chose you. It was Mary, God chose you to start a revolution. That's a lot for a teenage girl to handle. And can you imagine he drops all that on her, and then she's sitting there, and she's got a bit of a predicament on her hands. Now what do I do? I, I wonder if there wasn't this little part of Mary that wanted to look and go, hey, hey, Gabe, can we talk about this for a minute? Like, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm honored. Like, that I could be chosen to be the mother of the Lord is such a big deal, but you gotta understand, like, this is really not a good time for me. <laughs> Like, cause right now I, I'm, not, I'm not married yet and we just, we just booked the Hampton Inn in Bethlehem. And we got all these things going on and Joseph, I, I don't know how he's gonna handle this. It's probably gonna surprise him a little bit. So what if, and I don't, I don't know how this stuff works and I don't mean to be unappreciative, but could you go back Gabriel and check with your boss and see if we could wait another year or two? Cause in a year or two, that'll be a great time. But right now, Christmas is really coming at a bad time for me. You ever had that feeling? <laughs> Where you wanted to say, God, Christmas, this is really coming at kind of a bad time. Because I'm facing a bit of a, of a predicament here. This isn't how I thought things would go. Or I don't like what's happening right now. Or as I go into, and, and I mean, the, this message applies to us any time of the year, but I think we're kind of looking at the next week or two ahead, right? As we look into this, we come to a point where we go, God, sometimes what you're asking or sometimes what life's bringing doesn't come at the best time because my family's a mess or my job isn't going so well or my health's falling apart or I, I'm just overwhelmed and I don't know if I can handle all of this or whatever it might be that you're in the middle of right now and you just go, God, I've got a bit of a predicament here right now and I'm not exactly sure how to handle it. There's something that's good for us to see as we look at this. We look at this and we see Mary just sitting there where the angel leaves her and she's got a predicament and she's trying to figure it out. But if you look back at scripture, if you look at history, and I would challenge you if you look at your own life, one of the things that's important for you to see is that your predicament is God's platform. That often the way that God shows who he is is how he helps us when we find ourselves in those moments of predicaments in our lives, in the difficult seasons, in the difficult times. I'm not saying God brings the predicament, but God knows how to use everything for his glory, true or false. <laughs> true, he knows how to work those things out in our lives and your predicament can become God's platform. I mean, just think of it historically. How many of the great leaders that we celebrate 
are great leaders because of the crisis that they went through. I don't wanna take anything away from George Washington. He was a tremendous leader, but his leadership rose to a high level because it was in the middle of a revolution, true? Think about Abraham Lincoln, great president. We, we honor him in those ways. But his presidency came to greatness in a season of incredible national crisis with the Civil War and the issue of slavery. If you even just think of it in your own life, look, here, here's how I kind of step back and look at this. I think many of you have heard me share over the years how my dad died of cancer in 1996. And look, I, if I could change that, I would change that. It's not the way I would have wanted for it to be. And if you gave me an opportunity for things to have been different, I know what I would choose. But I can tell you that when we walked through that issue, that challenge, that predicament, that problem, that circumstance, that loss, whatever it is that you're wrestling with, in my heart, I know that there is a sense of empathy and compassion and an ability to speak into other people's lives in difficult times that God works through me, through that challenge, through that loss in my life that would not have been there and I have been able to see God at work in other people's lives through me because of the predicament that I've been through because that becomes God's platform. Does that make sense? Now look, I don't think God caused my dad's cancer for that purpose. I think the cancer came because we live in a fallen world and we get sick and things happen. And we, I mean, we can unpack all of that. But here's what I do know is that when you find yourself in a predicament, don't sell short what God might want to do through you and because of that. And this is why the second thing that Gabriel drops on Mary is so important. Gabriel comes to Mary, tells her what's gonna happen, leaves her there, right, gone. He left her with a predicament, but he also, and this is, this is key to see, that Gabriel left Mary with a promise. He didn't just leave her with a predicament, <laughs> he left her with a promise as well. And look, you might be in the middle of some kind of predicament. Life, life might be going crazy for you. There might be some wild stuff happening where you just kind of roll into your Christmas and go, I don't know what's going on. Have you ever had a moment like this? I wanna show you a quick video. This is a, a homeowner came home to their home in Pittsburgh, and this is what they saw. They saw the dog under the Christmas tree. Anybody else seen this? Just going to town, pulling on the lights, that dog has never been happier than that moment. Okay, how many of you, I wanna see a show of hands, how many of you think that's funny? How many of you say, turn that off, it's stressing me out? Yes, all right, me, turn that off, that's stress, get that, okay, thank you. What do you do when the predicament comes your way? Well, the same thing that Mary had to do. Gabriel left Mary with a promise. He said, Mary, I've got some promises to make to you. I, I wanna run through them with you. I think I got five of them here that's good for you to see. These are promises made to Mary, and this comes from the text. We won't read it again. Let me just show you. The first one is this. Mary was promised favor. The angel says you are highly favored. The angel says you have found favor with God. So Mary was promised God's favor. Mary was also promised God's presence because he says, Mary, God is with you. Mary was also promised God's purpose. Very clearly, the angel said, you will conceive, you'll give birth to this son. There is something I'm going to do through your life. Mary was also promised Jesus. And I wanna, I wanna stop here for a minute because he uses all this language to define who Jesus is. And we hear so much about Jesus in this season 
People turn their attention to Jesus in this season, and there's almost always people that question whether Jesus was real. Did he really live? Is his life important? You ever heard that come up at Christmas? Seems like it happens every year. And there's a couple of things that are key for us to talk about when, when we think about this. Look, nine in 10 Americans celebrate Christmas. So the vast majority of people will turn their attention to Jesus in this month. And the reality is that three in four Americans believe that Jesus was a real person, that he was born in Bethlehem, that they, 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 they believe the story, and that can go on and on. But there's two things that we're finding out that both people inside and outside of the church don't always get right that are important in this story and what we hear. One is there, there's this truth that people ignore that Jesus is eternal, and a lot of people do not believe that Jesus is eternal. Only 41% of Americans believe that the Son of God existed before Jesus was born. A lot of people think that when God was creating everything, like in the beginning in Genesis, that when he was creating everything, he says, you know what I'd like to have? If I'm God, I'd like to have a Son of God and made Jesus. And Jesus was not a created being. John chapter one says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word is Jesus. So he always has been, he always will be, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. True, you believe that? I need a little more help. Do you believe that? Okay, all right, good, 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 good. Why does that matter? Because if you take that away from him, you take away a key part of who he is. Because that leads to this next thing. There is a lie that a lot of people do not believe that Jesus is God. They'll say, well, he was, he was a cool historical figure, in fact, 53%, more than half of Americans, say that Jesus was a great teacher, but not God. And where that gets even scarier is that two in five church-going evangelicals say the same thing. Like they say, hey, Jesus was a great teacher, and I like what he said, and he was really special, but he wasn't God, and the reality is Jesus was, and he is the son of God, and he is God, true or false? <laughs> true, right? We believe that. Why is that so important to hold on to? Because as soon as you start taking those things away from him, you take away the truth and the power of the gospel. And the whole point of this story, Jesus wasn't just some baby that was born that God said, that one, I like that one, and zapped him. From the beginnings of time, God had a plan and knew what he was doing because he loved you and he loves me. And we can't take this away. So Mary was promised who Jesus is, and Mary was promised a never-ending kingdom. Scripture says that his kingdom will never end. Why are these promises so important? Why park here for a moment? <laughs> because the promises that were made to Mary are promises that are made to you. You have been given the same promises. So this Christmas, if, if you're facing a predicament in your family, on your job, in your health, looking at your finances, considering the year ahead, decisions you have to make. What dog's been let loose under your Christmas tree? Like where did your camels get out? What's the predicament that you're facing? In the midst of it, you have been given the same promises. Let me show you real quick from scripture. Here's the promises that have been made to you. The first is that you have been promised favor. 
I talked to you last week about the passage of scripture in 2 Peter chapter one that was the, the, the place where kind of that, that tagline that I'll often use about special favor and wonderful peace. It's where it comes from. Here's that verse in the New Living Translation. May grace, this is the same word for favor, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. There is favor that God wants to bring to your life. There is grace that he wants to bring. He is on your side. You are favored by God. Not only do you have favor, but you have been promised presence from God. You have his presence. What do we read in Matthew chapter one? And we'll we'll look at this actually in our Christmas Eve services, that the birth of Jesus took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, read that with me, God with us. He is with you. We'll look at that here in just a moment. You've also been promised purpose. You were promised purpose from God. We've looked at this verse so many times, but Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, I think it's so key for us to come back to, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. I don't care who you are, I don't care your age, I don't care what you've done, I don't care what's going on in your life right now, God has a purpose for your life, and you are promised Jesus, just like Mary, Here's what the angel told Joseph, Matthew chapter one, verse 21. Mary will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because, read this with me, he will save his people. He's come to save us from our sins. So if you need forgiveness or if you need help or if you need wisdom or if you need rest, you have the promise of Jesus And let me park at this last one. The last promise that you have is you have been promised a never-ending kingdom. You are promised a never-ending kingdom. Now, I don't mean to be like, I don't know know what the word is, like like kind of bossy here or something like that, but can I just tell you something? I don't don't know your bank account. I don't know the challenges you're facing. I I just know that you and I have it pretty good, don't we? Like when you look at history, when you look at times and places and other places and other times when people have lived throughout history, when it comes to convenience, when it comes to prosperity, when it comes, you and I have it pretty good, true? (laughs) So what I think happens because we have it pretty good is we really like this kingdom and we fail to think about the fact that there's another kingdom to come and it's a never ending kingdom and it's it's a kingdom that's gonna put this one to shame. But I can get lulled to complacency in this kingdom that I forget that God has made me for the next kingdom. And it's a never ending kingdom. Here's how Jude says it. Jude chapter one, verse 24. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Will anybody take that? (laughs) And to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our savior be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. Two quick thoughts on that verse. One, I'm so glad he can keep me from stumbling. I'm gonna ask him for more and more help. The other is this, that verse makes it very clear that Jesus who came and was born at Christmas, that same Jesus is coming again. That same Jesus is coming again. And when he does, I want to be ready. And I want to know that I have put my trust and my confidence in him. Now, here's what's interesting about all of this. You have these promises, and these promises help us because we find ourselves in predicaments, and when you're in a predicament, 
It's good to go back and hold on to the promise because that promise changes things. God's promise changes your perspective. It helps you to see things differently. If you'll hold on to the promise instead of focusing on your predicament. This is key in what he's done for us, right? Because he's not only given Mary this predicament, you're not only facing a predicament, but he's giving you promises to match the predicament that you're in. And if you hold on to the promises, it'll change your perspective. You ever had anybody give you a gift that changes your relationship with them? Well, like I've had people give me a gift and you know it's just out of courtesy. You know, it's just like they kind of obligated to give it and you know it doesn't really mean that much. There's that side. And then you have other times when people give you a gift and when you get that gift, it changes the perspective of that relationship because you know that they've thought about that, that they've cared, that it meant something, that it mattered, and that that gift now changes that relationship because it's given you a new perspective on that person. Does that make sense? What's, what's the ultimate in that? When someone, if you've been given or received an engagement ring, in that moment, that should change that relationship forever, right? And so what happened was the angel said, Mary, I know I've dropped a lot on you right here, but I'm gonna give you some promises to help you so that you can make it through your predicament. So can I give you just three quick thoughts? These are like promise perspective shifts that if you'll hold on to God's promises, it'll help your perspective when you're in the midst of a predicament. These are a lot of words that start with the letter P. My Bible college education is not being wasted. All right, so here, think, think about this real quick. The, the first one comes from Luke chapter one, verse 28. The angel went to her and said, greetings to you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Here's the first perspective shift. When you're facing a challenge, an issue, a predicament, number one, God is with me. God is with me. Did you notice the angel did not say to her, Mary, God be with you. It wasn't a wish. It wasn't like, here's hoping. <laughs> God be with you. He said, hey, Hey, Mary, God is with you. He's right there beside of you. And isn't that who God the Holy Spirit is in our lives? He's the comfort, the counselor, the advocate. He's our friend. He comes alongside of us, and he is always with us. You don't have to wonder if he's going to show up. Have you ever been waiting to eat Christmas dinner? It's ready. Table's set. You're good to go. But you're waiting for someone. They're not answering the calls or the texts, and you wonder if they're going to show up. You ever had that happen? Are they gonna make it or not? You don't ever have to ask that about God. You don't have to wonder if he's gonna show up. The Holy Spirit is with you. Here's the next, Luke chapter one, verse 37 says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And when you hold on to that promise, here's how your perspective shifts. Instead of looking at your predicament, number two, you just know nothing is impossible with God. Because no matter what the predicament is you face, you know that you have a God who can handle it. A God who can do it is there, and so you trust him. Last night, Rhonda was standing looking at the wall, and she was looking at some decorations, and she says, you know, I'd like to change that a little bit. Currently, there's three people that live at our house. It's Rhonda, myself, and our son, Evan. And two of us are over six feet tall. And she said, I'd like that to be a little higher. She says, so tomorrow, I think I'll look for a tall person. I think I know where to find one. So she stepped back and she's gonna make sure it's done right, but she knows that there will be people who can do what on her own, without a ladder or without assistance or whatever, she can't do. If I remember right, she said, I think tomorrow I'll look for a, 
tall, extremely good-looking person to help with this. I know where you can find one. Why? Because she knew that there was someone who was there she could count on who could do what on her own she could not do. I don't know what you're facing, but can I tell you this? Nothing is impossible with God. The God who is with you, which takes you then to that third perspective shift super quick. This one's from verse 38 of Luke chapter one. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. This is the second time we hear her talk. What'd she say the first time? The first time she said, I don't know how this is gonna work because I'm a virgin, so how can I have a baby? But then she got God's promise and when she held on to his promise, her perspective shifts and now she says, I'm the Lord's servant. Who are you trying to please in this season? Look, I hope you have a blast. I hope there's gifts that loved ones give to you that blow your mind. I hope you make memories that you will laugh about and enjoy forever. I hope you're able to bless other people and your friends and families in in ways that changes things. But at the end of the day, when you face life, both blessings and challenges that you're willing to say, I'm the Lord's servant. God, I'll serve you first and foremost, that's big. Which takes us then to the next part of this story. Let's just kind of keep rolling through this real quick. We gotta move. Luke chapter one, verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Do you know what I'm so happy for? Mary gets dropped with this predicament. And now she's got to figure out, now what do I do? She knows Joseph's gonna have a hard time understanding this. How's she gonna explain to other people? I'm thankful that Mary could hurry and go to Elizabeth and Zechariah's and have people who would be there for her. Look for your people in your predicament. When you are in the middle of a predicament, trust that God is going to send you people who will help you, who will help you to trust in him, who will remind you of his promises, who will look to be there with you. You know that Christmas can bring out the best in people, right? Do I need to finish that? (laughs) Christmas can also bring out the, well, you said it, not me. I have this memory and I don't know, I I don't know if it has to do with things that have been going on in our family recently, but we, we didn't have the internet when I was a kid. We, we didn't even have electricity or running water or anything. No, we did, but you know what I mean. It's a long time ago. And so I don't know, but my mom was always finding these ideas from somewhere. Every Christmas, she, we would always have all of her side of the family over to our house, a whole bunch of people over to our house. So every Christmas, she'd wanna play a game and she'd find these games. I don't know where she'd find them. And she found one one year that she'd played at some office party or something where when you came in, you had to fill out this little quiz. I, I don't remember, I was just a kid. I don't remember all of it. But however you answered the questions, you didn't know this when you're doing it. You're just answering the questions of what you would prefer. However you answered the questions determined what food you would be served. So instead of you going through the line, you could only have what you like circled and, and did on this, on this piece of paper. And so like it would even determine like whether you got a plate or not, whether you got silverware or not, 
whether you got meat or not, like the whole thing. My mom had a brother who was anointed. He was a Pentecostal preacher in the Assemblies of God his whole life. Like he was a, he was truly, and I don't mean this in any kind of joking way, he was a man of God, except when you tell him he's not getting his full Christmas dinner. And I remember him pulling my mom over to the side and letting her know, Vera, this is the dumbest thing you've ever done. Because he did not get his food. So two lessons for this. Number one, do not play a game before the meal. Number two, don't you dare mess with the preacher's food. Okay, those are the lessons. But I saw Christmas bring something out in my Uncle Bud that I had never seen before. Look, here's the deal. You need people when you're in the middle of your predicament. So ask God to help you find the right people. But there's a flip side to that, that there's a good chance that in this Christmas season, God is gonna wanna use you to be someone who's in a predicaments people. Who does God want you to encourage? Instead of losing your patience, what if you gave your heart to someone? What if you chose to serve someone who doesn't even deserve it, but let God's love move through you in the same way that Elizabeth and Zechariah were there for Mary in this difficult season? What if you could be somebody's people this season? Because you never know when you might be with someone on their last Christmas. I don't mean that to be dramatic. I just know that just this morning, a good friend of mine found out that she's not going to spend Christmas with her brother because he passed away this morning. That changes the whole perspective. Not to be dramatic, but don't miss an opportunity to bless someone that God brings your way this season. Let's finish the story. Luke chapter one. You've got Mary <laughs> minding her own business, living her Galilee Nazareth life. Gabriel shows up, drops on her a predicament and a promise. It changes her perspective. She goes to see Elizabeth, finds herself with her people. And when Elizabeth is done speaking and Mary goes to tell her what's in her heart, and Mary said, Elizabeth, I'm so tired. I can't believe this. I didn't know this was gonna happen. I've been nauseous for six weeks. Do you have any crackers? What is going on? <laughs> All those things might've been true, to be honest. But what came out of her mouth? My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm and he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things but has sent the rich empty away. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever just as he promised our ancestors. Did you see what she did here? Even though Mary is in one of the most incredible predicaments that anybody might be, she knew that her hope and her promise were coming from the Lord. So watch this, God God's promises can turn your predicament into praise. And if you want to kind of, and I mean this just in this week, if you want to break through the challenges, if you need God's help, if you're not so sure how you're going to handle it, if you're not sure how you're going to get through this predicament, instead of keeping your focus in and on yourselves, what if you began to turn it to praise? 
What if you began to hold on to those promises, not just in your mind, but with your mouth? Look, for some of you, God wants to help you in this season. Look, I'm not saying everything became easy for Mary. Delivering a baby is hard. And they were not in the best of circumstances. And Bethlehem was far away. And they had to run for their lives. But God was faithful to them all along through that. So will you let God change the perspective on your predicament? This morning, can you hold on to his promise and give him some praise? And look, of all seasons of the year, this might be the easiest to do it in because the very soundtrack of this season gives praise to the Lord. We forget that songs like Silent Night and Hark the Herald Angels Sing and O Come All Ye Faithful are actually songs that are rich and filled with theology. That when you hear those songs, yeah, take out a little Bing Crosby, Mariah Carey, and Michael Buble, and I don't know what happened to Grandma and the Reindeer, but take all those things out. But those songs are all songs of praise to the Lord. So instead of just singing them because they're on your hard drive in your head, think about those words and realize that in this moment, we are giving praise to the one who came to save us and set us free. So can we do this? Can you stand right where you are this morning? And we're gonna sing a song of praise today. Oh, come, all ye faithful. Oh, come, let us adore him. But before we do, will you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? And I'm not gonna ask you to do anything other than just raise a hand. But standing in this room, or next door in auditorium too, sitting on a couch in your living room or listening to this in your car or wherever you may be right now. If you would just say, God, you know my predicament, but I'm gonna hold on to your promises. Would you just raise your hand right where you are? Just just between you and God, you can raise it, put it right back down. It's just a moment of, of faith to say, God, you know the predicament that I'm in. Now it might be a moment to take a hand or put an arm around a spouse. It might be a moment, maybe it's not your predicament, but you know it's somebody else's. It might be a moment for you to begin to pray for them. But we're gonna sing a song of praise. We're gonna turn our attention off of the predicament and give thanks to the one whose promises say he's gonna be with us every step of the way. The one who can fill you with joy and peace in his help this Christmas. So right now, even before we sing a word of praise, would you just with your own mouth, with your own mind, with your own heart, just begin to thank him. You might wanna lift your hands right now and just begin to praise him. Say, God, I hold on to your promise instead of this predicament. God, I trust in your faithfulness instead of the challenges that I'm facing. And Lord, we praise you in this moment. We come and adore you in Jesus' name, amen. Sing this together.
on, would you lift your hands and let's sing that again, oh come. your hands raised for just a moment and I want to sing that chorus one more time and I, I just really sense in my spirit that for some of us it has been a while since we've truly adored Jesus like we sang songs maybe even lifted our hands maybe even led others in worship but we've let our predicament be so much bigger than the God who gave us a promise that he's always with us and God does not want you carrying, holding on to, dragging this thing around all week. When he wants this Christmas to be a time that is filled with his joy and with his peace. And the breakthrough comes with praise. And it may be right now that you just need to say, God, bigger than that, that situation at work. And God, bigger than that relationship issue that I don't have an answer for. God, bigger than that diagnosis or that uncertainty. God, bigger than that conversation I dread having to have around the Christmas table. God, you are bigger and my focus is on you. And my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. And so I'm gonna speak these words of praise, not just in this church service, but I'm gonna let them roll off my lips all week long. And when I face frustration or challenge or chaos or that creep steals my parking space, Lord, I'm gonna to choose to adore you instead. And so with hands raised and hearts to the Lord one more time, can we sing that? Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Come on, sing with all your heart. So, Father, we do adore you today. Jesus, we make you the focus of our attention. That you came to set us free, to save us from our sins, to be God with us. May we not dismiss the promises that you died for us to have. So may we know your favor this week. And may your presence be with us in a way that catches us off guard. Would you show us the purpose of how your spirit works through us? And Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness and your grace. Jesus, thank you that, that you came before, but you're coming again. So may we live in praise this week, knowing that you are God over every predicament. Lord, we ask that you'd bless our homes, that you'd bless our families, that you'd bless our lives with your special favor and with your wonderful peace. And we ask this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. 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 Hey, God bless you. Thanks for being here. Do not miss the services Friday or Saturday. Can't wait to see you here. God bless you. Have a Merry Christmas.